This episode of Similar Vein is brought to you by the Pocket Tripod. The Pocket Tripod is an angle adjustable credit card size tripod that fits inside of your wallet. There's a ton of use cases for this, but I've personally really been enjoying using mine at the gym. I used to do the thing where you prop your phone up on a water bottle, on top of a shoe, on top of a box, just to get a decent video to check your form. But now I just keep a Pocket Tripod in my gym bag and I don't have to worry about any of that. The Pocket Tripod is made of super high quality material and is extremely durable. This thing is not gonna break any time soon, but it's backed by a lifetime guarantee just in case anything happens to it. You can get yours at pockettripod.com. That's pocket-tripod.com. What's up, my friend? What's up, man? Back hey. at it again. So you told me, was this last week or am I too behind? You said that when I did the melody for the intro music, I was on track. <laughs> yeah, that that was two weeks ago. Two I weeks think. ago, okay. Being in the studio, I must just be tuning my tuning my ears up good. Yeah, it was uh, it was at least close enough to seem like it was in key to me. There's maybe like a few little accidentals that didn't make sense, but I listened I listened to it after you mentioned it, and I thought it was too. Hey, everyone! Thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting us <laughs> talk about that for a second. Um, so we are in the studio again for the fourth week, and uh, I'm officially losing my mind because mm, yeah. there's there's only so long that you can spend in the studio away from the world before you realize that you've been neglecting everything else that you should be doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, not to get so into the thick of it already. Into the thick of it. Oh, gee. <laughs> into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Okay, um, can I just say <clears throat> real quick, before we get into this, I are we going like to talk about TikTok right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. I feel like TikTok has ruined me. Like, <laughs> I, I used to... Like a year ago, this time a year ago, anytime someone said, oh, this is a TikTok song, or I remember this song from TikTok <laughs> or something, I would be like, shoot me in the face. I don't want to listen to this person talk anymore. Yeah. But now anytime, like I have all of these songs from TikTok memes I know. stuck in my head. And I am constantly running around singing like, what you know about rolling uh, yep. down? <laughs> you know, just like... Uh, I I hate myself so I know uh, I feel that's the same my current way. um my current guilty pleasure is maybe uh, this keeps us maybe it keeps us relevant a little bit as we it may as we go I will say I've been working on my personal TikTok and my my go to character right now is abusive plant dad hilarious I've yeah I've really made that my TikTok <laughs> identity <laughs> yeah if anybody. And that listens to us has TikTok, and I hope you don't. But if you do, like us, Jake's TikToks as his abusive plant dad, verbally abusive plant dad is yeah, pretty that's hilarious. Right. So, <laughs> and the plant's actually looking really good, right? You guys just Dude, is, made some yeah, drinks the other. Yeah, Monty, Monty the mint plant is <laughs> doing great. Uh, he okay. So the the whole backstory about the mint plant thing was I've I love mojitos. Mojitos are like my favorite cocktail, especially yeah. in the summertime. 
And I was always running out and buying like the little packets of mint, which like, I don't know, they're like two or three bucks, which it's not bad. But mm-hmm. at the time when I was making mojitos a lot, I was buying a couple of them every week because I was drinking a lot of mojitos. <laughs> so I was like, man, I should just get a mint plant. And this was probably like, I don't know, this winter. I This winter I said I was going to grow a mint plant so that I could have it in time for summer. And like, you know, had this big ass mint plant. Um, so I went and bought like a little starter and I killed it almost immediately. Mm. And so I've like tried multiple times to get a mint plant going and like killed it. Various states have like killed and revived and then dead and then started over and then killed it and revived it and killed mm. it again, all this. So um, I was starting to really get frustrated with it. Um, and someone... I think like my girlfriend or my mom or someone told me that like you need to speak encouraging words to your plants um, to get them to grow. Wait, is Dude, that, I don't know. that's like a real thing? It's what people that have plants that are plant people say. They right? talk to I, them. Ah. Yeah, they say, you're doing so good. You're oh, growing wow. so well, little little plant. Well, that's the so nicest me thing I've being, ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> me being me and not being able to take anything like that seriously. Every time I see Monty, I say, why won't you grow a little bitch or something? You know? <laughs> something like this. But uh, yeah, once once uh, I put them outside um, a couple weeks ago and once it stopped like getting below 60 degrees at night, he really started to do pretty well. But then I started using plant food, which I didn't realize was a thing oh, and it's like wow. overnight he just exploded so i don't think it was any had anything to do with my words of encouragement but um my tiktok would disagree wow so. that's super interesting i so justin uh a producer here in the studio he at a family farm he has a pretty big garden that they're growing stuff in and he's always sworn by the starter stuff you yeah. know, um, I tried to grow a garden several years back with seeds, you know, cause it was just mm. like <laughs> yeah. the way you think it should go or whatever, but everything needs its own. I think I, we planted our garden with like 20 different, uh, probably like 20 rows of maybe five or six different vegetables, but the only okay. thing we grew were cucumbers. Everything else, <laughs> see, yeah. nothing else grew. So right. um, it's really interesting, yeah. But then we did tomatoes with starters and mm. just like on the balcony of our apartment and they killed it. Like they grew really? perfect. So I don't huh. know. It's it's a really It's a really interesting thing. I should have... Justin, come on the podcast sometime and talk. We could do a whole podcast about gardening, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could get... Us, <laughs> us guys that don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about gardening. Yeah. Isn't it more fun to listen to people talk about it that have no idea what they're doing than it is? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is because then you can critique them. Exactly. Dude, the frustrating thing about growing this mint plant was everybody told me that mint is the easiest plant to grow. They're always like, oh, it's just basically a weed. Like, it'll just grow. You don't even have to do anything. And I was like, well, then why have I killed eight mint plants? Like, what do you, so. So humorous, uh, though. What is the, what is the process? We're only like 10 minutes in here. Give us. Dude, I, 
Honestly, I don't really know. I don't know <laughs> what. All I know is in the last three or four weeks, I started swearing at my mint plant on TikTok and I gave it plant food twice and the thing has exploded. So one of those two things has contributed to his success. Interesting. And the but climate. Yeah, we, the climate, I think, I think really that has helped because before I had it outside, not in the winter, but like recently, once the weather started getting nice, I was putting him outside and I keep calling it him because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you are, uh, I was, you love him. You're his dad. Yeah, <laughs> I was putting him outside, but at night it was still getting like down below 60 degrees. Um, mm. So like now that we're in. Basically, like two weeks ago is when he really started to do well. And that was like the first kind of string of days where it stayed above 70 degrees at night. Mm. Um, I think that really had helped. So, and that's super interesting. I, yeah. It's, it's something I always think about that I want to be good at, but it, it takes a lot of, takes a lot of, uh, your time in your mind like yeah you're thinking about that i mean it's a hobby you you probably have that plant in the back of your mind like all day long don't you not so much anymore but when i could not get it to grow i thought about it it probably took up half my bandwidth in a day and you were like just being frustrated anytime i saw it i was like this effing plant yeah and you're like i should not have a dog i should probably yeah exactly i was like if i i I kept telling people like i can't even keep this freaking plant alive and everyone tells me it grows like a weed like how am i supposed to take care of any anyone or anything else but (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but have you have you seen the tiktok trend about people growing their gardens no what is is the, uh, because you've been talking about this in your inner yeah. circle is probably why you have seen it. <laughs> the sound the sound that people use is like I think it says after um a hundred and seventy five dollars and six weeks, we're about four weeks away from harvesting our first twenty five cent vegetable from our garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like people are convinced that it's this I mean in in the long, long, long run, it's yeah. a, you save money, but like at the initial uh time and money investment is pretty steep so well it depends on too like the soil and stuff um i think justin talked about how if you do a starter which correct me if i'm wrong is like it's already sort of grown right yeah it comes in a little like you get the root soil that's that's what i did with my mint plant yeah but he said it could be used to a certain kind of soil or environment. And then if you plant mm-hmm. it in your environment, it might not thrive. Yeah. That's a thing. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, it makes sense to me. Oh, you can okay. tell me anything, dude, and I would believe it. Like <laughs> no. I, that's how little I've grown this mint plant and that is it. I've killed so many <laughs> other plants. Like I'm not a green thumb by any means. I'm sort of starting to worry that when you come out to the studio here soon that you and Justin are just going to be talking about this for the rest of the <laughs> growing we won't plants. even build to hang out with you guys. <laughs> nah, dude. Like I said, I'm a be- like I literally could care less about him. I I swear at him. I tell him to, you know, yeah. get, I'm emotionally withholding like a good father should be. And yeah, exactly. All these things. So make him feel like he's inadequate until he's twenty, and then try to be his friend <laughs> and <laughs> fail at it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. uh anyway, so, yeah, let's let's dive into um your idea for this week. Yeah. So 
um, kind of what I was thinking about with the studio and being in here for mo- almost a month now um, is my, I think I have a big problem with tunnel vision and thinking, well, when I'm in here in the studio, I guess I can kind of shut off everything else I need to take care of. And mm. um, I don't have any plants growing at the moment but it but if i did you know i would this would definitely be a time where i was neglecting them um so um the studio that we're at has berries growing all around it it has a good sized garden in the middle um chickens like uh it all needs taken care of and every once in a while like the the caretaker of the studio will like leave on a trip or something. And so we kind of help with those chores. Mm. And last night I was laying awake in bed thinking about how little I personally have done to help with that. Hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm in here doing this and I think, I think I'm the kind of person that if I do a lot of work, I justify rest very easily. Right. And there are people, especially in my circle of friends and, you know, you included and Justin and Nick, um, you guys are like the kind of guys that I know you, if something needs done, you'll work on it for as long as it needs done. You're not thinking about how worn out you are or, I I'm, I need you to tell me what you think after I say this. But for okay. me as a person, I am always justifying rest. I am justifying breaks because I feel like I have output a ton, right? Mm. And so when I have a day like today where I was, you know, texting you and talking to you about before we got on the pod even was... I felt like I had everything kind of coming down in a moment and, um, you know, even just texting you about it helped me in my mind to kind of separate everything and make a, a plan. But I, I see the guy, you know, and my dad who I grew up with, um, working so hard all the time and staying late if he needed to and doing the weekend thing if he needed to or bringing mm-hmm. work home, that kind of inspires me to keep going. But I think I think sometimes I don't tell myself, you know, even if I'm just telling myself that I'm a badass and that I that I can handle it is a little bit of a problem. I think I, yeah. I start to think, well, oh, you, you're not equipped. <clears throat> mm. So a couple things here already. Um, I want to go back to what you said about justifying breaks and rests. I think, I mean, I think this is something that everyone does. Like I do this too, but I don't, <clears throat> it's a fine line because there are some people who their definition of working hard is like, two hours of kind of intermittent work. And then they say, well, I've, you know, I accomplished these tasks, so I deserve a break. And then they take a four hour break, you know, that's, that's an extreme example. But I, I mean, I definitely look forward to breaks and things, but 
I, like you said, if there's something that really needs to be done, I cannot rest until that thing is done. Mm. Like it can be as simple as like returning pants to the store. Like if I can't take care of that thing right in that moment, I can't, like I won't sleep. If the store is closed and I can't go take care of it, it's going to bother me until I can do it. So that's, that's my kind of dysfunction. But in terms of like productive work, um, I think about like my day job. There's a lot of times where I tend to get sucked in, like you said, tunnel vision. I, I tend to get sucked into specific tasks and spend, I will spend too much time on things when in reality I should know when to say, this is all I can accomplish on this today. I need to move on to something else because I'm starting to run into the problem where I have a lot of, I have multiple projects going on right now. And I'm in this weird transition where I'm finishing up one project and I'm starting another one. And I started another one a few weeks ago. So I'm kind of like in the middle of one, finishing one and starting another one, but they all require attention. (laughs) And if I get, if I get sucked in to any one particular thing for too long, then all the other things fall by the wayside. And that causes me an insane amount of stress. So even though I'm being really productive on one thing, I, in the back of my head, I know that I've got two or three other things that I'm leaving behind and I don't, I can't fully feel accomplished in the one thing I did. Like there's a certain sense of guilt that I spent so much time on the one thing, regardless of how good the work was, you know? So. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with that. I feel, I feel a guilt, even though I am doing the stuff that I need to do. Or if the main thing is the studio time that we blocked out and we have to be in here and be present. Um, I think Nick and I even do this to each other. Like I'll be in here. There's a few separate rooms in the studio, right? And I'll be in this room where I'm recording the pod right now, working on stuff. And they will be in the main room tracking guitar or whatever and they're yelling to me like what do you think about that and I'm working on something else but I am I hear what they're doing yeah so so then I'll stop what I'm doing for a minute and I'll run in there and help you know whether it's help or not but I'll I'll give my input mm. if that matters at all or whatever we'll work through that and then I'll come back to what I was doing and I would say the biggest thing for me is interrupted work. Yeah. And I and I think that's why I've felt the most overwhelmed the last couple of days is because when I when the first few weeks we were in the studio in here and 3 weeks sounds like a long time now saying it but um we were the whole world outside and everyone that we work with knew that's what we were doing. And they treated yeah. that, everyone that I trust and know and that is on our team or whatever, and they treat that as like a sacred time. So mm-hmm. that's great. But then when you get into like that fourth week, the stuff that has been stacking up while they've been leaving us alone mm-hmm. is starting to push through that, yeah. that uh, sanctuary, you know, that the studio is. And it has to. And mm-hmm. so... I have felt like even though 
even though I have been working my ass off for this long, I have felt like guilty, just like you said, for for doing my job. I remember you saying when we took our trip to Arizona a while back, you know, it's hard for you because you feel bad leaving your work behind because you know someone else is going to have to pick up yeah. slack. Right. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's really cool that you're able to kind of, the folks that you work with respect that time that you mm-hmm. blocked out to be in the studio. But at the same time, I 100% agree with like the fact that eventually you know, you're going to have to start multitasking, right? Um, like I, the interrupted work thing, I resonate with so well. Like, like I said, I, I have a lot of things going on right now for just my day job. And then, um, you know, I, I, for some reason, am a, am a masochist and choose to do things outside of my day job as well. So <laughs> yeah. I will be working on a task for work and then, um, you know, someone will message me on, on teams is, is what we use at our, at my company and ask me a question about some other project that I'm on. And the way that I'm wired, like that, that has to take immediate priority because this person is waiting on a response from me. Mm. So whatever I was working on, you know, I stopped doing that and I start working on this and then I get sucked into that. And then I realized that I left this other thing behind. So Mm. There always has to be, I feel like there has to be this balance of understanding that the thing that you have prioritized, like you can prioritize that, but that doesn't mean that you can just like shut everybody else out necessarily. Because like you said, things will stack up, you know, there's a way to handle those things um, such that you respond to them not in the heat of what you're doing at the moment. I've, I've had to learn, like, it's okay to respond to someone or, you know, and, and say, I see this, I'm working on something else right now. Let me get back to you in two hours or something and like budget out your time a little bit. Like that's kind of the strategy I've had to take. Otherwise I, otherwise I get in this position where I feel like I've done a lot of work, but not accomplished anything. Right. Like my, my brain was really active and I'm exhausted but I don't really have anything to show for it. So, um, yeah, I, I remember when I was younger and I don't know if I said this on the pod or to Justin or something the other week, I remember telling the story, but that I'll tell it briefly in case I already told it, but I was running training for cross country back in high school and my dad would bike ride with me for like miles. Have I told this to you yet? This doesn't sound familiar to me, so I think you're good. All right, good. So my dad would bike ride with me to train and it would be like five, anywhere from five to 10 miles. And um, it was great because we, I mean, we'd spend a lot of it not talking, but we'd you know, every once in a while we would kind of get into a little bit of a conversation, like mostly him talking because I was not, I was breathing really heavily, you know, I wasn't able mm-hmm. to talk. But I remember one of the longer runs we did, um, we were way out in the country in, you know, 
Imperial, Nebraska, like everything outside of town is just dirt roads and cornfields or whatever. And we were way out there and it was night. It was after he had worked for the day and I was just running extra after practice. And um, he basically told me like, I'm sorry that I didn't, that I worked so hard all the time and that I wasn't as present for you guys as I as I would have liked to have been because Nick was off to college at this time. I was a mm. senior in high school, and like I'm sure he was thinking about mm. yeah. how involved he was all that time. And it's weird because you know my mom was probably the best ally for him for us because she was always if we ever asked where Dad was. He was working. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just, oh, he's working, he's busy. It was, he's working for us, for look around mm-hmm. you, everything you have and is because of his work. And like, yeah. he's doing this all for you. And there's no reason for him to do it other than for you. And, right. And I remember thinking when he told me that on that run that, I, I said to him, I never felt like you weren't there. You know what I mean? I'm, right. It always felt like you were there, and, and I loved when you were there because you were with us and you were hanging out, and any spare minute you had, you spent with us, and I realized that. And and I think I just saw like a weight leave his shoulders. Like mm. he he had thought that he worked so hard his whole life for us but that he wasn't there and uh that's what i've been thinking about with work is uh for for basically 10 years i mean we sometimes say less or whatever because it depends on what milestone you're talking about like right right if you if you're in a band and you've been playing music for 10 years well that probably means in our case for the first three or four years you were just messing around (laughs) and we we were just in like bars and like we had other jobs and some still going to school and like it was just having fun or whatever but like a few or four years into that we started to realize we we want to do this for a living like we have we are more fulfilled doing this than any other job we've done and it is possible for us to make a living on this job yeah so you know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially with the boy being almost nine months old now. It's like I'm starting to think about how much time I'm investing in my job and then how much time I'm spending cultivating the rest of of my relationships, my family, my friends, and... Mm. um. It, I mean, just even talking about your mint plant, like <laughs> it, that's a good for you though, right? Because you spend all this time thinking and working and it all feels like it's towards like a future goal. And then you take a minute for the mint plant for Monty, you know, and you're like, <laughs> right. I get a minute to just like focus on the super tangible, simple thing to like 
it's also for the future. You know, it's for that mojito or whatever. But right. it's like, but it's <laughs> in also in the long like, run is insignificant and yeah, not as how, stressful. Yeah. How simple is soil and plant food and sunlight and rain? You know. Right. And I've been thinking about that while I'm in the studio because my wife and my kid are right outside of the studio. And, um, you know, I even texted you about this. I feel like I'm just, I'm working so hard in here and I'm not taking the time to slip out there and just check on, you know, do I need to hold the baby for 20 minutes or just, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing that work, you know, I don't want to sound sexist, and I feel like even just by saying that, that I'm about to, you know. You immediately <laughs> are part of the problem. Yeah. I don't want to be part racist, but you are. Patriarchy. Right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But this is kind of the thing where it's like, I think I'm working so hard, right? I'm working, I'm providing, blah, 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 all that bullshit that I shouldn't need to, that I should be understood in any yeah. time that I need a break. Um, you know, justifying my breaks and stuff like that. Like, I, everyone around me should understand that. Mm. And I'm in, I'm in a special position with my job because it's around me is Nick, uh, Justin, the producer. That's one day. If we're on the road, it's you, Nick a bass player, and probably my family too. Um, rehearsal, same kind of setup. Sometimes it's meetings with managers and brands and stuff like that on the phone, but it's, it's a pretty tight-knit. Yeah. You know, and even if I'm on a conference call or something with a, a brand, uh, it's, a, it's a group I know well. And so I, uh, I always think, oh, I should, I should feel fortunate that the crew I have is tight-knit and it, it feels more like a family than anything. But yeah, I wonder how you currently with work balance all of these different – because – I mean, are you thinking about your coworkers' personal lives at all when you guys are working <laughs> together? Like when you're thinking, I, mean, I, have, I have a big workload and they have a big workload, but they should understand that I need a break. Like, are you thinking they probably need a break? Well, the thing about like my job is um, like breaks aren't really a thing like during the day. Um, unless you mean like vacation or whatever, but yeah, but do they um, like ask, do they tell you, you, you should take a break or do you have like, we'll have, we'll have managers sometimes be like, you are super, super worn out. Like you need to take a day off or something that doesn't happen very often because most people are really good about not burning the candle at both ends. But I've seen it happen where, um, one of my good friends at work actually is one of those guys that just like really runs himself into the ground and um, we have the same manager and they basically uh, forced him to take like three days off because he had so like it, all this PTO saved up and right. like 
the the company will survive without you for a couple of days. Just like take some time off. So is it good for you, you personally, or bad for you to have them come up and say take a break? Um, it would be bad for me because to me that would <laughs> that would to me that would say that I'm currently not doing a good job, mm. right? Like there's something going on right now that is suboptimal, <laughs> right? So I I mean I'm always I. I have a pretty strict rule in my life um, regarding my day job, which is like, I'm trying to say this in a way that won't potentially get me in trouble. I mean, I, I, I only put in extra time when it's really, really necessary. Like if, mm-hmm. if, if there's a really pressing deadline coming up or something really needs to happen um, outside of normal working hours. I'm the kind of person where... To me, if I can't get a good amount of work done in eight hours, then there's there's an efficiency leak somewhere. Something is going on that is causing me to not be able to accomplish what I need to get done in the day. <clears throat> but on the flip side of that, it's also because I have a lot of other things going on outside of that that I'm passionate about and that I care about. And one thing that really changed the way that I view work or tasks in general is I, I really view my time as a form of currency, right? To the point where I have a budget for my time the same way I have a budget for my finances. So if you think about it in that way, like you don't just go like throwing money at problems, right? You try to be as precise and calculated and you uh, shop around. Like if you're going to get your oil changed, you shop around for different shops and see, you know, who will do it for the cheapest price. A lot of people are going to laugh at me because I used changing your oil as an example. But sure. the reason I use that example, because I'm, I'm an engineer, dude. I know how to change my oil. I built yes. race cars in college. Like I know and how to do this. You could probably do anything to a car that needed done, but it's but time. To bring the point home, I view my time as currency. And mm-hmm. I value my time more than I value 50 bucks to get my oil changed. Like mm-hmm. to me, f- the time it would take me to do that is probably two or three hours because I yes, would have to be crawling is. under my car or whatever. Yep, you got to wait I, for it to drain. I value my personal time at higher than $50 an hour. Hmm. So <clears throat> I don't know. To me, like you can get stuck in these loops of working on the same thing for a super long amount of time. And I think in creative work, it's kind of... It gets cloudy because I think a lot of creative folks, um, a lot of creative folks just hang their hat on the fact that they're creative and that it shouldn't be like a normal normal work because it's creative work, right? You shouldn't view it like technical work or whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you're spending your time on something that needs to get done. It's a task, whether it's creative or it's a spreadsheet or whatever. It's a task that needs to be accomplished and you can be efficient in a creative endeavor or you can waste time in a creative endeavor. And so yeah. I, I really think that, um, I really think that like the creative people that we look up to, this, the musicians that we really admire, they have a really, I would imagine, specific and efficient workflow for writing songs, working in the studio, being on the road. Like there's, they have so much going on and I think you're getting to the point where you can, you can see all the things they have going on with dealing with PR, dealing with brands, dealing with 
musicians, labels, all this stuff, that they can't afford to like meander around in the gas station on their way to the show or yes um they can't really afford to just spin their wheels on one idea in the studio for 12 hours in a day you know yes there has to be a line where you accept that you're you have a creative job but you still approach it like any other task like a little bit systematically and that's why like by the time that this episode comes out i'll be in the studio with you guys i I'll be yeah. there a week from now. <laughs> and uh, I was very really adamant about like finding out what this, what the schedule was, like what days, yep. like when we're going to be able to do just drum stuff and like get yep. things ironed out. I'm, I forced you to send me a, a Dropbox <laughs> with all the songs I'm going to work on. And um, the main overarching reason for that is because to me, as excited as I was to be in the studio and go track drums and stuff, it didn't seem like a good use of my time or a good use of the money that you guys are spending on me to to fly out and sit in the studio on the couch for four or five hours one day Mm -hmm. while you Mm -hmm. guys cleaned up a guitar part before I could like start doing drums, right? Yes. I wanted to make sure that the time I was spending in there was efficient and well-used and the time that you guys were spending on having me there was productive. Yes. Um, which is why, you know, I've been like practicing these songs because I didn't want to show up and feel like I was learning the songs. I wanted to have yes. like the skeleton figured out and all this. So this is a long-winded way of saying, even though me going to the studio and playing drums is a super creative thing. Like I'm really excited for the opportunity to create something, put something down and maybe mm. do some new stuff. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I feel like there's more important things for you guys to be doing than listening to me work out drum parts in the studio, right? Yeah, that is that is so true. And like what Nick and I in the studio is a hard thing for, you know, for the last few weeks, it's been basically us and then like another person in and out. Um, not doing anything as heavy as you'll be doing when you're in here, but, um, we, it's hard because like I said, there's these separate rooms. So like same thing tonight, they're working on guitar. I'm in here working on stuff for upcoming shows and things like that. And Nick and I will almost kind of make each other feel bad for not being a part of the creative process. Mm. But we shouldn't like we should be giving each other it's just important it's as important for him to give me time to do this during the day as it is for me to give him time to work on guitar parts without my hanging over him and wishing it was different right right and i think sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say along your uh lines of what you were talking about earlier uh we get exhausted because we don't give each other that Mm. time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think one of the most valuable skills of working on a team is learning when to lean on your team. Yeah. You know, like I think a lot of people want to hang their hat on the amount of work that they've done, which is a noble pursuit, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and this goes back to one of your points that you made earlier where you said like, feeling like you're a badass and having a lot of things going on is becoming a problem. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, that is super badass and cool to have a lot of things going on. But if you're sucking at all of them, it's not yeah. that cool. You know, like no. no one wants to know. No one cares how busy you are for one thing. But then they also want to know, like, if you are busy, that you're actually busy doing real work and being productive. Yeah. Like a lot of people are busy and don't do shit. Right. You know, like spend their time doing busy work to say that they were productive, but they have no output. Right. Yes. I've found the more someone talks about how much work they have, the less I care because I feel like you're trying to justify or tell me that you've been busy and I don't yeah. just do it. Like yeah. if you can't respond to me or if you can't text me or whatever, or if you're doing work, great. But you don't have to shoot me back this long-winded thing about why you can't right. reply to me. Like, just reply <laughs> to me when you can and, when and you can. say, hey, sorry, I was working. This is it. You know, I don't... Right. Every, it's like we... I think you and I are on the same page. Like, everyone is so busy with work, with life, and no one has any excuses anymore. Like right. if you actually care about your job or whatever, I get I get it. Like the guys when I was working during the pandemic, you know, that were so busy that they couldn't do this or that after work or whatever. Like I saw them all day and they exhausted themselves and then they had nothing left, right? I right. get it. But they never said, they never made an excuse. They just said, hey, I'm not coming. Right. Or, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, good. I'd rather right. you just tell me that than you trying to, t in a way, when someone tries to tell you how much they have on their plate, they're almost telling you that you should feel bad or sorry for them. Yeah. Which is ironic because that's what we've been doing in this entire episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, good just, point. I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the point that I was making was uh, if you take on too many things to the point where you're just letting things fall by the wayside, then you should probably learn to redistribute your tasks, right? Like you, mm. you guys, it's one thing if you are a one-man job, right? And maybe that's when you should learn or try to hire someone. But you mm -hmm. guys have for sure a two-man team, but I know you have mm -hmm. more people in your team, right? And... It's valuable for you to understand that, okay, Nick and Justin are working on something and I don't need to be 100% engaged to this. So we run a business and the, the wheels are moving on business whether we're at the helm or not. So, uh, so you know. leave me the F alone when I am in here doing this stuff. And you guys well, are... I mean, Maybe that, or maybe just like you don't need to feel guilty. What I'm, what I'm really trying to say is you don't mm -hmm. need to feel guilty for not being hands-on and every step of every uh, mm. task, right? Because yeah. that's where you get run down and spread too thin. Like you can be copied on email chains and have visibility, but you don't have to be driving the email chain, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and I talked to this... The same uh, point to Justin last week because we were talking about how 
um, Nick had an appointment or something where he was gone for a couple hours and he was like, you know what, this is kind of good, right? Because you and I are working specifically on what you and I need to work on. And then yeah, when he's back, either we all work together or we'll work on something that he specifically needs to work on with Justin. And Justin told me, um, it's my job while you're here in the studio to be on nine to five. Right. I won't stop, but it is not your guy. You are not getting paid to be in here. Right. So you guys should be putting in what you can put in when it works. And then when I don't need you to be here, you should give each other time to go. Yeah do things you know exactly and that that's we've been nick and i had to have a long conversation about that because um he works he works one of the hardest working guys i know and i love him but when he is doing something creative like this because of our dynamic between him and i i'm saying there is an expectation there for me to be involved in the in the same capacity that he is but i right. will be the fir- i'll be the first to admit when they're working on tones on electric guitars i don't give it i don't care i've, yeah. I've got a lot more to worry about i i am not the guitar player in our band so right save me time and tell me exactly the tone. You can get down on your knees and adjust my pedals. I don't care. <laughs> right, Make it right. sound good. I got other stuff to do. And so for me, when they're working on that stuff, I take my time to go work on my thing. Right. And I think Nick, you know, ever since we've been in the studio, ever since we've worked together, we've always just expected one another to be there. And so he and I had to kind of have the conversation about like, you let the other guy go, do yeah. other work that's not getting done while we're in the studio, you know? And, right. And we'll sh- we'll share that burden because he's good about doing that when I'm doing vocals or when I'm doing acoustic or piano or anything like that. He'll go work on the stuff that needs done, and it's right. it's not even. When it comes to Nick, I wouldn't call it delegating because it's just like a shared workload. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating because still 10 years into playing music together and I'm approaching 30 and he has approached 30, <laughs> we have not defined our roles in our mm. business and mm-hmm. we probably should have, right? But at the same time, we're trying to find employee roles and people on the team and stuff. And it's been frustrating <laughs> because we realize how well we work with certain people and how well we don't work with other people. There's people that yeah. Nick work with that I would never want to talk to. And there's people that I work with that Nick doesn't know how to talk to. And it's just like this whole this whole thing. And it's all a I've joked about this with you, um, I think, off the podcast, but Nick and I would, you know, over the last few years or so, we would call each other for the day off. 
Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I, I don't know that that's very necessary. You know what I mean? Like it, mm. we would just jokingly do it. And then the other guy would say like, yeah, go ahead. You know, like it's not right. a problem, but I am um, again, just going back to talking about your work and stuff with what you do for your day job. Um, I'm always so interested in knowing how, you know, we would consider ourselves a small business at this point. It's growing, but Mm -hmm. I'm so interested about the way you guys work together and, and bringing elements of, of what you guys do into, into our business. And, um, you've mentioned like the biggest distraction for you when you're working is having to talk to someone else. Right. <laughs> and, and yeah, it can <laughs> like be, you're yeah. working. Right. So I'm now I'm in the studio here and like, I'm working away after doing vocals or whatever I do in the microphones on my computer and the biggest distraction is when someone comes in and says, oh, we need to change this lyric. And I'm like, so I have to basically somehow drop out of the mental state that I'm in Mm. logistically and go into like this creative process for 20 to 30 minutes. And then it's just, I, it was never like this before because in the studio, when we first started recording like this, we, it was just all fun and games. Right. Like, Justin wasn't questioning us because he was probably afraid to, because he realized the way <laughs> Nick and I talked to, and Nick and I were both living out here in Oregon and we had this process and we were just yeah. like going to hammer it out for 10 minutes and then it'd be a good result. But Nick and I have been separated for almost two years, like, regionally. Right. And Justin has also grown a confidence and an ability to talk to us in a constructive Mm. way. And so Mm -hmm. where a song might have taken, like, an hour before, it takes all day. Yeah. And that's not even to mention all the other stuff that that has nothing to do with recording a song. You know, right? And I've, you know, when I talked to you about before we started the pod, um, just a frustrating thing of of trying to balance how much this take, how much work takes out of a person, and having a fulfilled being someone, a friend or a family member that someone would like want to be around yeah that's that's what i've been struggling with i think for like the last 48 hours <laughs> yeah because i was in this so, utopia dude for like three weeks where i could just yeah. do whatever i want and now i'm right here. so i wanted i want to address one of your points i keep going back to things that you said but uh, where you talk about like having to switch gears and someone interrupting your your train of thought or whatever that is a super frustrating thing, and um, it is super annoying for me too because of how zoned into things I get. But that that frustration doesn't give me the right to be a diva about it. You know, like at the end of the day, there's another soul at the end of that email or or whatever. So mm. it's easy for me to get all frustrated and and kind of throw a fit in my office, but. 
like when we're when we're in the office, I'm still working from home, so it's easy for me to throw my head back and say "f this," you know, and no one will hear me <laughs> except for my girlfriend if she's home, but um, or your neighbors. Yeah, but it, when we're in the office and someone stops into your while you're working, you can't like give them the stink eye and say, "All right, let me just put this down and solve your problem." I guess right, you know? right. So you do. <laughs> It is important to remember that you have to handle all those things with a high level of grace. And, and there's a way to say, I, I think this idea of professional boundaries is something that I've been learning a lot, especially in the last probably six months, where someone will you know, come in your example that you gave, you'll be working on something on your laptop and someone will come in and say, hey, we need to revisit this section of the song. <clears throat> I think you need to get to a point in your business with your team and also in yourself where you can say, I need to finish what I'm doing right now. This, this takes precedent right now. And then we can Mm. do that in 45 minutes or, you know, give me an hour to finish this and then I can come help you with that. But like, is there something that you can do in the meantime so that your time is still productive? And if they say, no, like we need to do this right now, then maybe you need to reprioritize. But most of the time, they can say like, this is something that I've had to do with my managers. Like, because I am such a, if you're, if my boss comes to me with something, I'm like, yep, I can do it, you know, because I want to be that guy that they can count on. But I've had to learn to ask, does this have, like, can I do this tomorrow? Or like, I'm pretty busy this week. Can I do it next week? And most of the time they're like, they say yes. Like, I think, I don't know if this is the case with you, but I tend to put a lot of weight on requests from other people as if it needs to happen right now. But yeah. a lot of the times that's not actually the case. So mm-hmm. that's one thing to keep in mind, I, I, I think. Yeah, that I that's absolutely true. I mean, and there is, you know, in our situation, there is, uh, you know, however many songs, you know, I can't technically say because of, secrecy or whatever but it's like well if you need a vocal punched on this part because you got through the guitar part and it's time for me to do this thing in in vocal punches or any instrument punches like hey we've got the whole thing but we need you to redo a certain part right right well if i'm working on something and they finished a guitar part or a piano part or anything and they say, we need a vocal punch, we're at that section. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to open up another song. And work on, you already got the guitars out, and all the, the, uh, the amps are heated up, and everything's good, right? So I've been, you know, I appreciate you saying that, because I think today was one of the first days where I was like, I've got all this, I've got all this on my plate, can you guys, you're already set up for that. Just open up another song. And it's hard because with these files on your computers and stuff, not to bore anybody, but it takes forever. It takes a long time. Save yeah. one and fire another one up and blah, blah, blah. But it they can talk about new parts and stuff like that while it's all firing up and I can keep doing what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know... When I texted you before the pod and before we started the pod, you know, I was really overwhelmed with that. But I had that same thought, like, they can do this work and do it really well without me doing it today. 
Like, yeah. And it is important for us to debrief at the end of the day in the studio and say like, hey, tomorrow, this is what's going to be happening. So everyone is aware. Yeah. And so in my mind, you know, I went to bed in this morning thinking I was going to be doing this stuff, this show planning, this stuff all day. And you're right. There's there's two other souls for me in here where I'm like, it's not all about what I had planned. And you have to be flexible right. and understanding. I, yeah, I've... I want to be better about um, getting getting when people are wanting things timely or in the moment, and especially in a creative process, like when it comes to that part where it needs a new vocal or something, like they want it to feel complete, right? Yeah. And I haven't been in there all day, so it's... It's my fault if it doesn't feel like a complete <laughs> painting at the end of the day. I, I mean, you know, I think that, right? But it's yeah. not. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, like in some cases, it it just doesn't make sense for you to stop what you're doing and go do that right this second, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that side of the coin. But on the other side of the coin, it's like if you've been working on your, sh like in the example that you gave, planning show logistics and all this for four hours and this vocal punch is going to take you 25 minutes, you know, it probably makes sense for you to go do that relatively yeah. real quick and then get back to what you're doing. But, you yeah. know, it just depends on, it depends on the situation. Like you said, like if that's the only other thing that they can do in the day, then it makes sense for you to do it. But if there's a bunch of other stuff they can work on and you can come in, do that first thing tomorrow, or, you know, at least budget it into your day so that you're not caught off guard by it, then that's another thing. Mm. But um, to address the, the other point that you were saying about like wanting to like care about work, but then also not be a dick to people in your life, <laughs> essentially, um, yes. this, this is a, a skill that I am not good at and is something that I'm really trying to learn myself because, and I've actually learned a lot from my girlfriend on this, like having lived with her for um, about a year now, she comes home from work and like could have had like a terrible day at work, but then she doesn't take it out on other people or, uh, or on me or like doesn't come into the apartment like with this attitude, you know, she'll come in and vent and get it off her chest and talk about her day. But then after that, for the most part, you know, it's kind of like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, what are we talking about now? Whereas for me, if I had a really bad day and I, you know, I'm really upset about something, I am basically an asshole for the entire rest of the mm. night and probably the next full day. Yeah, and same. I fall into that, that thought process of I've been working so hard. I expect to be understood in this, mm. you know, like I, I, I definitely justify my shitty behavior through the amount of work that I put into things. And mm. I, there, it, you, you can't justify being an asshole to people. Like I get like sometimes last night I completely flew off the handle about the Tupperware that we have in our right. cabinet. Yeah. We like talked about I, that. I got like 
legitimately upset that our Tupperware didn't stack together and we had all these mismatched types of Tupperware and all this stuff. And mm. I wasn't actually mad about the Tupperware. I just had a shitty day. Yeah. But I think it's important to draw, like I keep saying drawing boundaries. Like you have to kind of learn to put that stuff behind you and decide, am I going to spend this time that I get you know, with my wife and my son or this time that I get with my friends here or with my girlfriend or whatever, being upset about work that's going to be there tomorrow to be upset about again? Or am I going to take that time to enjoy them because I only get a few hours of the day to do those things, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's one of those things that is super frustrating to hear because it's so much easier said than done. But Mm -hmm. I feel like being mindful of just that kind of conscious effort can really make or break the way that you handle situations like that. And like I said, I completely failed that challenge yesterday. Like for some reason I decided Tupperware was the thing I was going to hitch my horse to that night. (laughs) I felt bad about it today. Into your life, are you going to look back and be like, oh, I worked really hard and write that on my tombstone? Or are you going to be like, I worked really hard, but as soon as I clocked out, I spent time with people that I loved and Yeah. Yeah. I never I I don't ever want anyone that I care about to feel like they're less important than my work and even my own brother and you know, you and anybody else that I work with. Like I want them I want them to understand that I feel like their life and their soul and what they're doing is as important to me as because what else am I doing all this for? <laughs> right. Like, like I love it. Yeah. It's great. I get fulfilled, but like 20 years from now, 30, 40 years from now, uh, I'm not going to hang my hat on the fact that I worked really hard. It's going to be like, well, yeah, this guy busted his ass, but also whenever we needed him or whenever he, it was time to hold his son or like spend time with his dog or whatever. Like (laughs) he was there. His mint plant. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me around to that realization. Yeah, man. You feel like this was, (laughs) this was, this was, uh, helpful for you. Yeah. Another great therapy session known as similar vein. Yeah. It's cheaper than therapy. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Talk about that next week. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to comment, rate, and subscribe if you haven't already. And check us out on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. And uh, let us know what you thought of this episode and all the other episodes that we do. We love to hear from you guys. So um, until next time, we'll see you all. Bye.